Welcome back, ladies, to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. This is Brianna and I, your host today. And today we're on day three of week two of our study. Now, you'll see in the book that this day is a very short day, but it has a lot more work. So I'm really going to keep this part of the podcast pretty short because I know you're going to be busy digging into God's Word on your own. We talked yesterday about asking questions and the day before about asking questions when you approach God's Word. So today you're encouraged as you start into Ephesians chapter 2 to write down as many questions as come to your mind as you can think of. As you read it, like what pops into your head? Do you do you know what that word actually means? Do you feel a nudge inside of you saying, what does that mean? Write it down. Write down as many questions as you can. So I'm just going to do um, a little bit more on being sealed with the Holy Spirit today. Okay, so let's just dig in for a few minutes on being sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, notice in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, when you believed. So when does the sealing of the Holy Spirit happen? It happens at the moment of belief, when you first believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you first confess your sin to Him and you say, Jesus is Lord. Um, as it says in Romans uh, chapter 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So it is when we confess that Jesus is our Lord, like you might be thinking like, oh, I, I've known Jesus, or I knew Jesus, or I, I believe in Him like I believe, but I just don't talk about it, or I don't say it. Well, the the outward result of having the Holy Spirit inside is a confession. It comes out of your mouth. What is in your heart comes out of your mouth. So <clears throat> the scripture says that when we confess Jesus is Lord, we are saved. And that moment of confession, that moment when we trust in Jesus Christ for our hope, for our hope in heaven and our hope in this life, um, that is when the Holy Spirit comes in. And in the book of Acts, as we're going to read about, the Apostle Paul actually laid hands on the Ephesians for them to receive the Holy Spirit. So he laid hands on the Ephesians the same way we talked about yesterday that the priest in the Old Testament laid hands to transfer the sin from the person who was coming with their offering to their offering. So they'd lay hands on the father and transfer the sins of the family onto the oxen or onto the lamb or onto the dove. And then that would be the sacrifice for them. In the same way, you have a, a positive transference uh, in the spirit realm, which is the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul having that authority and power as an apostle, he laid his hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit and they received gifts. Now, was this just to show off? No, it's because it's a deposit. It's a deposit guaranteeing their inheritance. And it's it's God himself living inside of them. And when I think of the word inheritance, immediately when I was reading this, when I was first writing the study, I thought about an inheritance is that happens when you receive it when somebody dies. So if you receive an inheritance from your parents or from grandparents, that comes at the point of death. And this inheritance that we receive in Christ happens when we physically pass from this life 
into the next life. And that made me think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. Like everybody knows this chapter. It's read at every wedding almost, even weddings when people aren't Christians. Everybody loves this, the love chapter. And when the Apostle Paul wrote, because he wrote this to the Corinthians, he didn't write it like, okay, now I'm going to write like the most famous marriage passage that's ever going to be read at every single wedding. (laughs) He didn't say it like that. He was writing in the context of the way believers are supposed to function with the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in their lives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So Paul is starting this whole discussion that's going to go through several chapters about spiritual gifts saying, He does not want us to be ignorant about these things of the Holy Spirit. So we're not supposed to be ignorant of them. It's not just for some people. It's for every believer to understand how God's gifts in our lives work. And then it tells you all about how the body of Christ functions together. And it talks about tongues. It talks about prophecy. It talks about supernatural gifts of healing. It talks about gifts of administration. It talks about being apostles and teachers and all these different gifts. And at the end of that chapter, it says, do all interpret or do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? He's asking this rhetorical question, um, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire them. So we're told by the apostle Paul, we are to eagerly desire what God has for us in the Holy Spirit that he wants to give believers. And he's talking to believers with the Holy Spirit, with that deposit of God himself inside of them. He's saying, you have some of these gifts already, but eagerly desire more of this. Eagerly desire more. Now, you've all heard people say, um, seek the giver, not the gift, right? But hey, the giver wants to give you a gift and he's telling you to eagerly desire the gifts. So it's okay to eagerly desire the gifts. That's part of our deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And it's part of what helps us in this life to tap into the power of God, the resurrection power of God to help us to overcome the things in this life that are difficult or to help us to experience God in a deeper level. And then in the middle of this discourse, Paul says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. I have heard people talk about this verse and say that Paul is giving us an either or, like either have the gifts or have love. And I've heard people say to me, people that are ministers say, well, I'd rather have love than gifts. It's not either or. It's like when you go you go to a buffet and they say you get a drink with your buffet. They're not like you can have a drink or the buffet. Hello, Jesus paid for it all. Jesus paid for the whole entire thing. As a believer, when the Lord lives inside of you, he wants to give you gifts and he wants you to walk in his love. So when he talks about this in the love chapter, He talks about how functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit should always be done in love. So he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But there, where there are prophecies, they, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So the Apostle Paul is laying this foundation of love that every act as a believer, no matter how powerful, how great, even if you give away everything you own to the poor, if you're a great philanthropist, that you can do that, but not do it in love. You can do great things for God, but not have love. And that is not what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is a life that is to be lived in love. And then he explains to us exactly what that looks like. Lest we fall into this deception, oh, I love, but we actually don't love. Love is patient. Are you patient? Love is kind. Are you kind? So the gifts are always going to be used in love. They should always be used in love. Now, if they're not used in love and they're used out of order, like if somebody has a gift of prophecy or if God gives you a revelation, which is what we're praying for, maybe he gives you a revelation. You're praying for your marriage and he tells you something about your husband. And he says, the reason your husband has trouble with losing his temper is because when he was a child, this happened to him. Um, and, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit opens it up to you. That is something, that is a entrusted knowledge from the Lord. And it should always be and only be used with love. <laughs> Not in a fight, like and you're in the middle of a fight and you're like, well, yeah, well, the reason you lose your temple temper, not temple, <laughs> temper. God told me that you lose your temper because when you were a child, X, Y, Z happened to you. I mean, that is going to be the end of it all right there, ladies. Do not, that is not what God's knowledge is for you. God's knowledge is he reveals things to you so that it can be taken back to his throne. God, why did you show me this? Oh, I showed you that so you can love your husband better, so that you can pray for him better, so that you can encourage him better not so you can throw it up in his face. So that's an example of how people can use spiritual gifts in the wrong way, in a prideful way, a self-centered way, versus a loving way that's patient and kind and is controlled by the Holy Spirit. As a believer, you have a choice because your spirit lives inside of you and God's spirit lives inside of you, but you're also living in your flesh and your body has desires, like you might have the desire to hit somebody, or you might have the desire to gossip about somebody, that's not from the Lord, all right? So as a believer, when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, the power that raised Jesus from the dead has raised you up in Christ, so you have a choice whether you are going to follow the Lord or not. And this deposit is for your inheritance. So in this life, 
Are you walking as a child of God who is inheriting the kingdom of God, who is going to experience heaven? Are you walking in love? Are you walking in these things? And um, that is the that is the question today that I ask you. Whenever you are whenever you are seeking the Lord and asking Him to grow you, are you growing in love? There's two things the Holy Spirit gives. He can give fire and power, and then He can give fruit. The main thing that the Lord is looking for is fruit, good fruit in your life, the fruit of love, the fruit of faith, the fruit of hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So my encouragement to you today is to walk in that. Walk in that humility of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not, if you're not walking in it, then the Lord would have you to repent and make room for that deposit that's in you. Make room for God himself to work in your marriage, to work in your relationships, to work in your work environment. And that's my encouragement for you today. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.